I invite you to be seated. So as Megan mentioned in the children's message, we're going to take a look at the parable of the Good Samaritan, maybe the most popular of Jesus' parables. And this is really kind of like a story, as we think of stories. And so I don't know about you, but I like to insert myself into story. Does anybody else like to do that? Like I know when there's superhero movies, even at my age and in my 40s, I still like to say I'm Thor when the Avengers movie's on. <laughs> when I was a kid, I had one younger brother, and we would collect uh, G.I. Joes. Anybody remember G.I. Joes? So I made my brother, because he was a little brother, he had to collect the Cobra people, you know, the bad guys, and I got to collect the good guys. <laughs> That's just being a meaner older brother. And so, yeah, we like to do that. We like to insert ourselves into the story. And the Bible is really no different. We like to do the exact same thing when it comes to these different Bible stories and Bible events, these parables. You know, if you think about David and Goliath, you know, we like to think of ourselves as David slinging that stone, knocking down Goliath. We think of ourselves, you know, maybe as Moses who, gets to, who got to split the sea. You know, Daniel in the lion's dead, he's a hero. We can go through all these different heroes of the faith in the Bible, and we kind of like to insert ourselves into it. And so that happens a lot with this particular parable, the Good Samaritan. And that's what we're going to look at. And you know, this, this parable has created a lot of things that we know of today. You know, like there's a lot of hospitals named this, there's there's uh, assisted living facilities. Did you know there's even a Good Samaritan law here in Indiana? The, and it says this. These laws are designed to protect volunteers who help others in order to encourage emergency assistance from bystanders. The laws remove the threat of liability in a situation. They provide legal protection in the event that unintended consequences arise from reasonable interference. So you can be protected to be a good Samaritan. Did you know that? So you don't have to worry about getting sued for doing a good thing. So what exactly is a parable? Megan talked about it a little bit, but a parable is a type of story that compares two different things. And Jesus used these parables to teach spiritual truths. And so you can think of it this way. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, is what all of Jesus' parables are about. So let's take a look at this, uh, this popular parable here. It's in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And I have the first few verses. We're going to break this down here. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him, Jesus, to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, 
and who is my neighbor? So here's the context. Remember, I keep hammering away at this, and hopefully you're getting it that anything we read in the Bible, you've got to consider the context. This isn't just some random parable Jesus told. The context, this is why Jesus told this parable, because of this lawyer asking this question. And so we see this a lot, Jesus being confronted by people, the, you know, the religious leaders. This time it's a lawyer. And by the way, when we hear lawyer, we think of something different. You know, this isn't somebody like Perry Mason or Ben Man- Matlock. Does anybody know those people? <laughs> Allie McBeal. Jackie Childs. Anybody know Jackie Childs from Seinfeld? He's a lawyer. But these famous lawyers, it's not like what we think of when we hear the word lawyer. These are people that are experts in the law that the Jews had made. Remember, they had a lot of man-made laws that they made up that went along with God's law. So this is who this guy is that comes up, and he's trying to trick Jesus, you know, by asking him, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And the guy answers correctly. Jesus said, Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor, which is the Ten Commandments summed up. And then the lawyer presses it. You see, he's trying to justify himself because he asks Jesus, who is my neighbor? So what the lawyer is doing here is implying that there's some people that are not his neighbor. You know, anytime we question the law like this, it's not a good thing. We're justifying ourselves. You see, the lawyer knew he couldn't keep the law that Jesus just said, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. He knew he couldn't do that because there's just some people he couldn't love. You know, those people. In this case, it would be the Samaritans. Because the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. The Jews were told they shouldn't mess with the Samaritans. They were unclean. Those people. So this is just another reminder. God's love, what Jesus did is absolutely for everybody. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter how much money you make, it doesn't matter what your status is, it doesn't matter where you live, it's for everybody, period. And when we try to justify God's law, we're implying that God, you know, you just don't quite got it right. Can I tweak that law just a little bit so that I can fulfill that law? Because I really don't want to love all my neighbors so let me ask you a question. I got, this is a sermon, by the way, with a lot of questions for you to ponder here in the middle of summer. When confronted with the law, when you see God's Ten Commandments, how often do you try to justify? Because God's law is pretty clear. The first commandment, you know, you shall have no other gods before me. He's not just talking about little graven images of of Buddha or whatever. We make gods out of everything. Money, our jobs, 
our families. We're not supposed to put anybody, anything above God. But how often do we try to justify that? God, I just, you know, I'm just a little busy right now. I can make you the priority next week. Certainly you understand. Or the classic example of, you know, we all know the speed limit. Everybody drives the speed limit, right? Well, I just set my cruise control when it's 70. I'll set it at 73. That's justifying yourself. I'm not going that far. They're not going to pull me over unless I'm going over nine miles over the speed limit, right? So I'm doing, that's okay. Just justifying. So when we look at this parable that Jesus is going to, I'm going to start looking at it here. Let me ask you the first question here. When you look at this story, this parable, who are you in the story? Are you the lawyer? Let's move on to verse 30. Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. By the way, Jesus, a lot of times, in these, all the time in these parables, was using examples from their culture. So this is a real thing. There was a road that went from Jerusalem to Jericho. And when we were in Israel, we actually got to go down this. And it really is, when it says go down from Jerusalem to Jericho, it really is going down. It's, a, it's high up there, Jerusalem. And so there was this road that people would travel, and there were certain parts of the road that were extremely dangerous. And so that's why Jesus is using this, this example, because the people would understand what he's talking about. So there's this guy that's going down and gets beaten up, stripped, and robbed, and left there. So let me ask you, have you ever felt abandoned or beat up like this half-dead guy? All alone. You know, Satan is having a heyday in our world and country today, isn't he? He is, wants us to feel like this half-dead guy. He wants us to think that we're all alone and abandoned and there's no hope and we're stuck in this pit of destruction and this pit of despair forever. There's no hope for us. You know, we can say a lot of things about Satan, but one thing, he's actually pretty good at what he does, right? So let me ask you this question. Are you the half-dead man in this story? Let's go on. Verses 31 and 32. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Have you ever had the opportunity to help someone out and cross to the other side? I can think of times when I was in a big city we lived in Chicago for a while, my wife and I, before we had kids. And I could see up ahead people asking for money. And I'd literally go to the other side of the road so I wouldn't have to pass them and feel guilty. 
that's an actual literal example, but have you ever had that opportunity to help somebody and you just didn't do it? Because it was an awkward situation or it made you uncomfortable? You know, this doesn't have to be with strangers either. It could be with family, relatives. Does anybody ever struggle with your family? And you just don't want to help out because it's just too awkward or uncomfortable. It's easier just to ignore it like the priest and the Levite did. You know, it's exactly for times like this when we act like the priest and the Levite that Jesus came to die on the cross. So let me ask you this question. Are you the priest or the Levite in this story? Let's go on. Finish this up. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. And so Jesus says to the lawyer, Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. You see the brilliance of Jesus here. Of course, he's going to use the Samaritan as the hero of the story that was the one that stopped and helped this guy. The, Jewish, the two Jewish leaders passed by on the other side and wanted nothing to do with this person. You know, we love to make this parable, the Good Samaritan, about us. You know, we like to teach it that we should all be like the Good Samaritan, right? This is the easy person. This is the hero of the story. We should be the Good Samaritan. Of course we should act like the Good Samaritan, right? But what about all those times that we fail at being the Good Samaritan? All those times we do cross to the other side to avoid an awkward or uncomfortable situation. What about that? You know, when we make this parable all about us, we miss the point of what Jesus is getting at. It's not the main point. If we had to be like the Good Samaritan all the time, no slip-ups, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? The fact of the matter is, when we look at this parable, we can look at each of these people that are involved here, the lawyer, the priest, the Levite, the half-dead man, and even the Good Samaritan. We can look at all these, and we can all see ourselves in each of those situations, those people, at different times in our lives. The fact of the matter is we're really that half-dead man. We are the beaten, dying person on the side of the road in need of somebody to come and help us get out of the pit. 
You know, indeed, there are times when we are in that pit and a fellow brother, sister comes and, and helps us get out of the pit. Absolutely, there are situations like that. And that's exactly what we should do as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus. We should act like the Good Samaritan and help people out. And there are times that we do that for our brothers and sisters. That's what we are here for. That's what Promise is here for as a church family, to help each other out. And there's no question that all of us can think of times where we've felt like the half-dead man, right? Despair, anxiety, depression. David said the pit of destruction. It's a muddy pit. We can't get out of it. It sucks. It's tough. And we need help. You see, the main point of this parable is that the good Samaritan in this parable is none other than, guess who? Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Remember, when we're talking about this crimson thread throughout the whole Bible, when we look at it through that crimson thread, we can see how Jesus connects everything. Of course the good Samaritan is Jesus. Because he's the one that had to come and not slip up like we do. Those times that we don't behave like the Good Samaritan. Jesus is the one who comes to us right where we're at. Whether it's in a pit of despair or maybe we're having a great week, no matter where we're at, Jesus comes to us and rescues us. He gets right into that pit. In fact, he got right into the pit when he walked up that mountain, Mount Golgotha, carrying his own cross and then died to get us out of the pit of despair, the pit of anxiety, the pit of torment, the pit of pain, the pit of the sin we live in in this world. The pit of the bad news we receive every day. Jesus got right down into it, carried the cross out of it, and saved us from it. And I have this picture up here. You've probably seen it before, but I love it. Because obviously it's Jesus' hand saving the drowning person from the water. And that's exactly what Jesus does for us. Jesus is the Good Samaritan. And don't forget it. It's the main thing. And what should we do with the main thing? Keep the main thing. The main thing. Amen. Will you please pray with me?